Would you like to know the secret to sustainable peak performance? I know I certainly would. Well, listen in on my fabulous conversation with Jerry Luhan, all about the Y profile from the Y Institute. Stay tuned and enjoy. Hi, Shannon Waller here and welcome to Team Success. As you know, I love to bring really interesting resources and capabilities and people that I think will really add to our whole picture of what successful entrepreneurial teamwork looks like. So today I have a very dear friend and a long-term colleague, and that's Jerry Luham. So Jerry, I am thrilled to have you here today because you have another profile, a different profile, that captures something that nothing else does. And we're here to talk about that, which is the YOS. So first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, Shannon. I appreciate the opportunity to have a chat about this and more though. I enjoy our conversations so much. I look forward to them. They're always unique and we always go in a lot of different directions, but I get a lot out of it. So thank you. Mm, I totally agree. And then we just finally decide we really should record one of these. (laughs) (laughs) So Jerry, you're one of my thinking partners. You're someone who has certified in Colby. You have a ton of depth in terms of you work with teams, you've built really successful teams, you've sold companies, and you have a similar passion that I do to help people really be their best, well, in their lives, but especially when they're working, because that's where it can go really well or really badly. So I love our shared purpose and our shared mission. And we're coming at it from different ways, but we definitely come together. And so we've had numerous conversations over the past months, months, months now. So I'm excited that we can actually bring this to other people now. Yay. Yeah, same here. Thank you. Well, let's actually, before I jump into what our main topic is today, which is amazing YOS profile, tell us a little bit about Jerry. What's good to know about you? You'll do a much better introduction than I will. Well, you know, I met you over 20 years ago. And it was at Strategic Coach. And the reason I was at Coach was I was struggling growing my business. And I finally got to a place where I had hit a big goal. But when I reached that goal, my daughter came to me. She was five years old at the time, came to me and asked me for an appointment to take her to the park. And when we got there, she asked me why I didn't love her. And so I couldn't figure out kind of why I did what I did, where I was going. And fortunately, I was introduced to you guys at Strategic Coach. And my life completely changed from there into was able to not only significantly grow my business, but I was able to do it in a lot less time. What I found, though, after that was I also learned how to build teams. And so I kept focusing on performance and how do we enhance our business and have time for the things that we love the most in addition to that. And what what I found was I kept getting stuck Mm. and I could never figure out why. I thought, you know, my dad, he has been my main mentor all my life and he always told me, he'd say, Jerry, our gifts, whether God-given or earned through hard work and preparation, those gifts aren't meant for ourselves. They're meant to be shared with the world to make a difference bigger than ourselves. And I couldn't figure out what that meant because I kind of thought my gift was almost like a curse because I find myself starting to have growth or elevate or have fun. And then I'd always kind of blow it apart and I'd run out of juice Mm -hmm. and I couldn't figure out why. So it's why OS is so important to me. I I ran into an old acquaintance named Gary Sanchez, who's the founder of the Y Institute. And we were at a tailgate one night, a football game. And he started asking me, 
He said, hey, Jerry, I heard you're coaching and doing consulting and things. And I said, yeah, why, why do you ask? And he said, well, I, he's done all kinds of different things. But he said, you're working with some of my clients and they're getting benefit out of it. But what was interesting about that conversation, he stopped and he goes, um, why did you sell your interest in your insurance business? So a little backdrop, I was in a family-owned insurance agency for 30 years, my career, one of the owners in the agency, a business that had been around almost 100 years. I was third generation, and I sold my interest in that business. You mentioned that earlier. I've sold, mm -hmm. And people started asking me, why did you do that? And I'd give them an answer, but I always knew they didn't really believe me. And my answer was never consistent. <laughs> and Gary, he said, why'd you sell your interest in the business? You had to have been at the top of your game. You had to be financially secure, so on and so forth. And I gave him an answer and he said, hmm, I don't believe you. And I wasn't too happy about that, but I was like, I'm not going to say what I said, but <laughs> I was like, well, why don't you believe me? And he goes, I don't really think you know why you did that. Mm, interesting. And he kept bugging me about it for literally a couple of hours. And I finally got tired of it and said, I don't know why you care so much. What are you doing these days? And what difference does it make to you? He had set me up. He looked at me and he goes, well, I help people discover their why. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, I've been trying to do that forever. I, I don't think anyone knows how to do that. I mean, I'd studied it. There's been over 90,000 books written on discovering your why. Whoa. or your purpose, your passion. How do you get your arms around it? 90,000. So it's been around since the Bible was written. Right. Or probably before. And so I didn't think that you could really capture it and get your arms around it. And he finally said, well, let me show you how I do it. And we went to lunch. I wasn't very kind because I, I was like, why am I wasting my time on this? There's no way he can figure it out. And so he he started asking me questions about myself and he started saying, Hmm, do you find that when you see something that's not working, that you jump in and have to try to find a solution? And I said, of course, everybody does that. And he goes, no, not everybody does that. And he started asking me more questions. He was asking me stories about my life. And I said, you know, I think I'm, I've kind of got a curse because every time I get to a level, I, I kind of abandon it and jump onto something else. So as we went through it, he finally said, I know why you sold your interest in the business. And he said, your why is to find a better way. And when you do, you have to share it. Mm -hmm. And in my career, that's what I did. I always created new things. A lot of things I learned from coach on how to do that. And when I did, then I'd share it and I'd be off solving the next problem. And my life finally made sense to me. And I finally was like, okay, well, that's not a curse. That's actually a gift if I know how to manage the energy around that. Mm -hmm. And so I started, I had already been certified in Colby. It was one of the main tools that I used on working with my teams. I was introduced to that at Strategic Coach also. But I knew by learning from Kathy about the three parts of the mind and things like that, that there was other pieces that I was missing. And I had tried lots of other assessments. And believe me, I think they're all great. But the why kind of spoke to me mm -hmm. better, faster, easier. And it kind of told more of a story, at least for me, of my life of why I did what I did and how I could then use that to 
live into it instead of thinking it was a curse. And as a better way person, as soon as that happened, I said, Gary, you need to teach me how to do that because that's the missing piece that I've had as to how I can work with teams so that they know each other better. So that was kind of a long answer to your question, but that's kind of give us a little bit of an overview of where this whole thing started. Mm -hmm. And that was a little over eight and a half years ago. It was, I discovered my why on October 31st, 2013. Mm. And I'll never forget that day. It's had that much of an impact on my life. A side note to that and why I also remember that day is because I went to pick up Gary to go have lunch when he was going to discover my why. And he was wearing a Tinkerbell outfit and <laughs> it was Halloween. And so it is, as his, <laughs> at his business, I was like, okay, man, I'll go to lunch with you, but you're not wearing that. And so that's why it's kind of ingrained into my head, October 31st, 2013, for a funny reason, but it actually was that impactful that I'll never forget that day. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I appreciate how skeptical or cynical you were when you went in. And then to have that epiphany is really life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So Gary came up with this process and you, I know together you've helped evolve it, but what was his impetus or how did it happen from his standpoint? Because he was in another industry as well. And then he got connected to this. So how did the YOS process even start with Gary? You know, the thing that was so uncanny is our paths were pretty much the same is in his business, he was always trying to figure out why he always did what he did and how to not only figure out why he did what he did, but how to tell the world that. And he started, he was getting mentored by different people. And one of the things that he got mentored on was they said, why don't you watch uh, Simon Sinek's TED Talk? Mm -hmm. Start with why. And so Gary did, similar to what I did. And I was so intrigued by it, like, okay, that's it. If I can figure, I I like the concept, but now I got to figure out what that means to me. So I read the book. Simon is a genius at the conversation of the why, how, what, but I really could never figure out how to discover my own. And he was in the same boat and his mind, he's better way also. Mm -hmm. What he did, he was so curious about it. He started interviewing people and asking a lot of questions. And he had had a conversation with Simon to try to figure out his why, kind of did, but not really. And so he started asking and asking and asking and he did literally 2,000 interviews live with people, asking him how, and he's a very intelligent guy. He kept track of all of the answers, and he narrowed all of the answers down to nine common answers. Ooh, all right. And that's where the nine whys came from. Okay. And so when he first told me that, I was like, Gary, there's got to be thousands of or millions of infinite number of whys. Mm. And he goes, well, I've only discovered nine. If there's more, then I guess over time we'll figure that out. Well, that's been almost nine years ago and we haven't figured out that there was other ones. Now, there's infinite numbers of how people do things and what they do, Mm -hmm. but we only believe that there's nine specific whys. Okay. And everybody has one of them. That makes so much sense to me. Well, it's interesting because you and I both are, I'm not going to say profile junkies, but you know what I mean? (laughs) We're very fond of them and we do them all. And we have our own filtering process about Uh what lands and what doesn't. And nine is also in a couple of other profiles that are very successful and very validated. Enneagram, which is from the first century, right? Yep. And then print, 
is another phenomenal profile. So nine is a valid number in my world, as is four, because that's Colby and Disc and a few other <laughs> a few other things. So that makes sense. Yeah. And I not right now, but I will there's a good ending with the daughter part of your story too that we'll come back to in a little bit. But yes. let's go through what are in fact the nine whys. Cause if I'm listening right now, I'm like, what are they? Because <laughs> I want to know. So yeah. Mind if we just list them out? And by the way, stay tuned because, Jerry, you're making a very special and generous offer to listeners where how you can find your own. So stay tuned. Yeah. But let's talk about what each of the nine why are. And I'm sure if I'm listening, I'd be like, which, hmm, I'm not one. No, 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 I'm this one. So let's go through them all because that'll be food for everyone to understand. Start thinking about themselves in these terms. Yes. Okay. So I'd be happy to. So the first one is what we call contribute. And people that their wise contribute, they're the helpers of the world and the givers. So their focus is contributing to a cause greater than themselves, making a difference, having an impact, adding value to everything that they do. So they naturally say yes. They're the team players in an organization that we all need. Their biggest obstacle, though, is they say yes to everything that sometimes they spread themselves too thin. They don't feel like they're having the impact that they can. And it's mainly because they've just said yes so often that they don't have the time or energy to have the impact that they want. But they're critical in the arena. And they're about 23.5% of the population that we found by doing hundreds of thousands of these is their why is contributing. The second one is to what we call create relationships based on trust, or we say trust. And so they are really focused. Their first energy or motivator is that to create relationships. And they are focused on connection, reliability, doing what they say they're going to do. They're gifted at, if they say they're going to do something, they're going to get it done. Mm. And they will do anything and everything they can to make sure it happens. And if they can't do it, it really bothers them. Right. Or if somebody betrays their trust, it impacts them at a much higher level than most people. Interesting. It actually could literally shut them down for a while if somebody that they love or respect gets their trust betrayed. It's just that important to mm-hmm. them. It's a huge impact and effect. It's that fundamental to their being is what I'm hearing. Yes, absolutely. Okay, got Absolutely. You. The third one is to make sense of things, especially complex or complicated. And so they are the problem solvers, ultimate problem solvers of the world. They have an uncanny ability to take in things from throughout their life and sort through it really quickly by asking a few questions. Their end game is to answer problems or solve problems that help people move forward. So they're the problem solvers of the world. Their biggest obstacle is if they can't solve the problem, then they can tend to be a bottleneck because they could spin a little bit while they're trying to solve it. Got you. But yeah. uh, again, really, really valuable in the world, tend to know a lot about a lot of things. Sometimes it makes sense people get called know-it-alls because it's uncanny how much they know about a lot of things and can solve problems for a lot of things. And it's, it's part of my profile, in case you're wondering. But in my experience, because it is part of my makeup, is that I collect solutions. Right. I collect strategies. And then when I hear it, <laughs> I was talking to a client's spouse yesterday, and she was, it was a teething issue and a something else. And so I'm like, oh, try this remedy, try this, try that. It was not at all part of our conversation, which was actually about 
profiles, right? I call it stalking my quiver. Right. I just keep solving problems, keep stalking it, and who knows what I'll need when, but I just pull it out <laughs> to be yeah, used from any and every experience that you have you kind of blend things together to come up with the best solutions. That's how you naturally think about things. That's why you can solve so many problems. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay. Very cool. Go. Love that. So you were talking about percentages. You start off with the first one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So trust so is- How many people are trust and how many people are make sense? A little over 15% is trust. Okay. And um, almost 13% is make sense. Love it. Okay. All right. So let's go to number four. What's number four? It's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess because it's yours. Because it's mine. And yeah. Okay. yeah. It's a better Why way. Because it's not number one. <laughs> yeah. It's what we call find a better way and share it. <laughs> and so people that are a better way people, you know, the gift is that we see things that aren't necessarily working and we say, if we can solve that, that'll add value to a lot of things. So we're always seeking to improve. Mm -hmm. So the Y Institute, as an example, the two partners, Gary Sanchez and myself, are both better way wise. And so we call ourselves a better way company. So what's expected is we're always looking to improve. Nice. Actually, the iteration of the why came from started by asking questions in a conversation to where then we said, well, we can't really leverage that for our coaches. And so we put it into uh, algorithm to an electronic why discovery. Wow. And now the YOS, which is your why, how, what, we just in November launched that into an automated why discovery also. So it's an example of constant improvement. Mm -hmm. That's just the way that we see the world. The biggest obstacle of better way people though is we can tend to be looked at as negative because we see things that aren't working more clearly and they stand out to us more than things that are. Yeah, it's almost like what's not working yet, right? And it, right. you can see what's missing. You see the holes. In coach terms, it could look like you're in the gap. It could. <laughs> it, it, something like that. It, yeah. And I'm always looking to make things better as well. And so it's like, yeah, it's okay, but it could be better. You could maximize this. Yeah, that's right. right. Now, what it means right. for your company, though, if you're a better way company, one of the things that occurs to me is that you will never stop growing. Correct. You will always be growing, always be improving the product, the process, the service, the experience, which is kind of for someone who also has that as a driver, is very exciting. It's a, this is not a static deal. This is something that's going to keep getting richer and deeper and better. That's very exciting. It's pretty cool to actually know essentially it's a core value of yours if you think about it, but it's also a core practice of how you just function, both of you. So your company cannot help but be a reflection of that. As someone who appreciates what you're bringing. I love knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you said is, is exactly accurate too, is we can't help ourselves. And so that's when I figured out when I thought it was a curse, I realized that that's me and I can't help myself. So I might as well live into it right. instead of fight it or wonder why I keep doing that. Live into it. I think that's a great message for everyone, once you find your why, you know, it's to live into it because we do frustrate ourselves all the flipping time. Mm -hmm. And especially in situations where you can't use it fully, then you'd start to have to get creative. Like, okay, I just need to create the situation so I can fully live into this exactly and right. create your environment and your support team and your structure and your audience and all the things so that you get to do you, which is very exciting. So what percentage are better way as a why? A little over 14. Okay. 14%. Nice. 
Okay, this is so exciting. All right, what's number five? The number five is right way. And that's a little over 9%. And right way people are, again, this has to do with motivation. And so the energy around your motivation. And so right way people believe that there is ways to do things correctly Mm -hmm. and that there's processes and systems that they believe will drive predictable results. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so they can tend to be, the obstacle of right way people is they can sometimes tend to come across as rigid because they're not going to change just for change sake. So an example of why knowing all of this about not only ourselves, but our teammates, Kelly, who we were just talking about, who works with me now. Um, By the way, Kelly is your daughter. Kelly's my daughter. So when I was saying before the five-year-old that asked me for an appointment to take her to the park, 25 years later now, she runs everything that we do in, in our organization. So it's come full circle. Thank God she asked me for that appointment. I just so love that that has a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Sorry if I left everybody hanging on that one. But yeah, and because of strategic coach and, and the impetus of that appointment, my life completely changed. And so I've learned all these things as a result of it. But as an example, Kelly is right way. And the language that we use is really important about this. This is another reason why I think it's different is I know so much about her now being right way and what her motivators are and her beliefs and emotions around it. As an example, if I came and said, Kelly, I found a better way. We're changing our process. That conversation would be very short and it wouldn't be pretty. It would not go well. It would not go well. (laughs) But on the other hand, and what I've had to learn by knowing this through this YOS process is if I said, Kelly, I think I have a way that would drive more predictable results, a different way or a better way. Are you okay to talk about that? Mm, Nice. She's like, yeah, if it'll drive more predictable results, yeah, let's talk about it. But she's not going to change just to change, which I kind of would am. That's what gets me excited. Yeah. So, you know, it's almost impossible to understand, we say, kind of why and how people do what they do, because the way that we do it, what motivates us is is so natural to us Mm -hmm. that it's hard to understand how that's not natural to somebody else. Well, this exposes that of what exactly is so we can see through their eyes. Oh my gosh, I love that. And thank you for reiterating, because did, I didn't make this clear at the beginning. This is in the motivation realm of your being, right? This is what the YOS really, and I'm talking about, it's your why. Yes. It's the YOS is what it does is it really gets to what emotionally drives you. you know. And you were talking about before we started motivational energy, and my brain just exploded. I mean, that is such an incredible way to talk about it. We talk about Colby, which is your mental energy for problem solving and striving. Right. But I've never in a million years put motivational and energy <laughs> words together. Yeah. And it's so true. And you can realize when people have lots of motivational energy for something and you're able to connect what you wanted with what Kelly needs, right? And when you can, when people run out of it too, or they don't have it for a certain thing. So I just think that that way of conceptualizing this is brilliant. Yeah, the way to be able to talk about it, seeing through their eyes is critical. So the next one is what, okay, Shannon, I'll say it's the second best one. (laughs) It's about 10.5% of the population. And it's the why of what we call challenge Mm. or think differently and challenge the status quo. So what we find in people that are challenges is some people call it, they have the courage to think differently. Well, challenge people, what we find is I find them to be some of the biggest like movement makers 
on the planet because they usually see things through a different lens than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Typically, if everybody's going one direction, we could kind of see the challenge people go in a different direction. That's just what gets them excited is seeing things through a different lens. Mm-hmm. And so very unique, our biggest obstacles that we find on challenge people. And again, this isn't an always or a never. These are just strong tendencies is sometimes challenge people. They're very direct mm-hmm. typically. And so uh, a lot of times I'll hear from a challenged person, well, I, I say what I mean and I mean what I say. Yeah. And don't always kind of see how the other person's taking what the questions they ask. Because my son is challenged also. So I'll say, why are you coming at me like that? And he'll be like, what? I'm just asking you a question. And I say, well, I'm not taking it as you're just asking me a question. I'm taking it kind of like you're coming at me. You're almost attacking me. I don't see you in that manner. And so there's kind of levels around that. And sometimes, you know, you have to work with so many people that I'm sure if that was a case for you, you've learned how to deal with it. But a lot of people, it's a self-awareness thing that they're not quite sure when that happens. Why? It's definitely been a learned thing for me. I would say I was much more direct. My sister will tell you I'm bossy pants from the get-go. It's like, you know, my way or the highway kind of thing. Yeah. So I have learned, sometimes painfully, (laughs) how to do that. And I just have more, I have more language from it. I've also matured, so I'm not as emotionally attached to everything being my way, although it's really important. Yes, I am. But I've just learned to kind of add a lot more nuance to it. And I'm genuinely for other people. Yes. Because I would say one of the other dangers for this is being isolated. Yes. Right? You're just on your own doing it your way. <laughs> Everyone else is like, oh, you do your Shan. Yeah. We'll get there when we want. So I think I've just learned how to do it in teamwork. And that's my life's work, if you want to call it that. So, yeah, but it's been interesting <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a gift. Some people, um, again, that's the beauty of this and why I got so intrigued by it. A lot of these things, people would say, why do I always do that? It's kind of like a curse. And it's a gift. Yeah. It's definitely a gift as long as we understand it and know how to use it. One other thought about this, it really shifted for me personally, because I found Strategic Coach, they found me when I was 26, hmm. which is way more than half my life, just saying. And then I found other challenged people. Yes. Right? Entrepreneurs. A lot of entrepreneurs. I'm sure that percentage of 10%, a lot of them are entrepreneurs. <laughs> right. It is. So I yes. finally found other people who were like me and who could take the directness and who were direct back with me. And it was like, oh, finally, you're not too tender. You can deal with me. And that made the huge difference. So finding my tribe of other people who actually weren't negatively impacted, but in fact, were positively stimulated by challenge. Then it was like, oh yeah, doesn't this also, let's change this together. And then it was fun, but it wasn't until I found coach and I found other entrepreneurs or people who thought entrepreneurially, then, then I wasn't alone. Otherwise I was just a pain in the butt to everybody. That's a great point because entrepreneurs typically, they're anti-status quo. They're always looking to push the limits and they're always looking to think differently about things. Well, challenge people naturally are motivated by that. So if I was like working in a situation and I was like, I couldn't see things. So the other thing is what I find about challenge people is they're usually a couple of years ahead of everybody else. They just see things further down the road. And so the way I would approach you is, Hey, Shannon, I, I'm thinking about something, but I, I just need to break through to think about this completely differently. You mind if we break this down thinking completely outside the box, then you're going to be totally alive. You're going to have so much energy for that. 100%. Right. But on the other hand, 
if we were working together and we said, okay, Shannon, that's enough. You're going to live in this box. Yeah, this is all you can do. And you're going to just follow the rules. <laughs> yeah, if you could see my face right now, I'm basically gagging. <laughs> yeah, there's just no way possible. But unless you know these kinds of things, you wouldn't know that about people because obviously the intellect is very high. Oh, and the way you go about doing things from an action standpoint or a cognitive standpoint could match. But from a motivation standpoint, it could exhaust you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So useful. And it also explains why I could never, ever in a million years work in a corporate or bureaucratic environment. Yeah. I'd last about two seconds. Yeah. You're not going to just be follow the rules. No. Not to say you're just going to break rules, but you're going to have to think differently about things. And that's the beauty of what you do. That's how you've been able to build all the things that you do because you think differently about mm-hmm. things the most. So that's about a little over, about almost 10.5% of the population is challenged, which actually has gone up since we started doing this discovery electronically. Okay. And what percentage again was the right way? What was number? Four? A little over 9%. Okay. Super fun. Okay, good. So what comes after challenge? Mastery. And so mastery, that word's somewhat confusing to a lot of people, but the way we look at mastery is people that their why is mastery, they are kind of the knowledge source of the world on whatever they tackle. They go really, really deep. And they, if they jump into something, they're going to know everything about it and take pride in knowing everything about it and being able to answer questions. And so they are really, really valuable Sometimes we find they move a little bit slow, though, because they go so deep on things. And the biggest obstacle that we find, and all of us have, it's a gift and there's potential obstacles, is that if a mastery person is working on something, and sometimes no rhyme or reason as to what they decide to master could be really varied. But when they're mastering something, they can get so focused on it, it's hard to move them off of what they're mastering. Right. So multitasking and things like that for mastery people that are why is usually doesn't fit because they're so, they're not surface about a lot of things. They're very deep on the things that they get into. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. And they're a little less than 5% of the population. Oh, so it's one of the most rare. Yes. Or uncommon, I should say. Yeah. Got it. The next one is what we call clarify. And that's about 5% of the population. And clarify people are... You know, a lot of people say, well, I want to be clear. Well, if your why, especially is clarify, ambiguity is their enemy. They want to make sure that they understand and are understood. Okay, that's interesting. And I mean, absolutely understand and understood. So they might ask the same question like 10 times and move a few words around just to make sure that we're on the same page. (laughs) So the biggest obstacle we find with clarify people is that they can sometimes become annoying because they don't know when to stop asking the same question over and over again. It's like, well, okay, I got it. I got it. Here we go. But it's that important to them. And so they're perfect in a world where there can't be ambiguity. Yeah. When there's not a lot of room for error. <laughs> right. Important people. Yeah. Right. Got it. That's right. Love that. And then the last one, which is a little less than 5% also, is simplify. So the why of simplify is all about getting things to the essence. Mm-hmm. So they're motivated by reducing complexity down to, like an example is if there's 10 steps to something, they are motivated by breaking that down to, well, we could make that six, or we could make that two, or we could make that one. 
And if they can't do things in that manner, again, this mixes a little bit between the motivation and the action. But if they're not in a position to where they have excitement about thinking about simplicity, then they can tend to run out of gas. Mm -hmm. The biggest obstacle that they have is sometimes they oversimplify. Oh, so they get it too much to the essence where somebody else, a clarifier or make sense might have to come in and say, well, wait a minute, you got it down to one step, but you cut out a little bit too much of the meat. So there really needs to be two. And so that's their essence of how they see the world. Mm-hmm. And the emotion behind it is we have to make it simple. So as an example, and we haven't really gotten into the YOS yet, what we mm-hmm. call the Y operating system. But that's when we now add the how and the what from a motivation standpoint, an emotion standpoint, not from an action standpoint. But Gary, the founder of the Institute, his what, which at the end of the day, what he delivers to the world, his what is simplified. Oh, And so that's why as we were going through things, he kept saying, we have to make this as simple as possible so that people can really understand it quickly so they can actually put it into play. I love that. So let's talk about the YOS because it actually, you still use the same nine initial energies, if you want to call it that. So, which I find really cool. So you've got why, which is why you do things, then the how. Mm -hmm. So describe the how and the what, because this is really fun. And so the the number of permutations is bigger than my small brass brain can handle, but there's a lot of different ways that these can iterate together. So talk about the why, the how, and the what, and how that plays out. Okay, great. Thanks for asking that. So it, there's a real sequence to it. And getting the order right is really important. So the why is, in essence, kind of the, the main driver, main motivator that we can lean in for virtually everything that we do. When we look back on our life, we've kind of always done it. We can't help ourselves to do it. Some people go as far as saying it's your purpose, your cause, your belief. You know, some people don't think that there's way more to your overall purpose than that, but it's, it's something you can kind of count on that you can't help yourself as to the first thing that motivates you that you kind of always come back to. Secondly, then when we talk about the how, at least in our language of the YOS, the how is kind of the, the systems that you put into play to maximize your why. Mm, nice. Yeah. So there's order to it. So let's use some examples here, for example, for you and me. So my why is challenge. Mm-hmm. You can know that Shannon will challenge the status quo. Just had a conversation before lunch today about how most people consider teamwork, the excellent versus unique ability teamwork, right? And I want to challenge the status quo around teamwork because I think it's adequate, it's okay, but it's certainly not fabulous for most people. And I want to maximize that impact. And then my how is to make sense. So I was going to say diagnose me, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Explain how those two things work together. What's predictable about working with you, at least what we believe is predictable from a motivation standpoint. So if motivation is, if that's the way that you can live and the process that you follow. So for you, first thing is you're going to look at things and say, can we do it differently? What's different? Where are we going? Let's think outside the box. Let's think differently about this. Mm -hmm. The status quo is not going to be good enough for you. How you live into that, though, how do you maximize that is you, you think about it in terms of, I'm going to ask some questions and then I'm going to be able to solve some problems. Nice. So that's what motivates you. If you can't, as part of your process or system, make sense of things, 
then you're probably not going to have that much juice. You'll eventually run out of energy. That's why I was saying to me, it's all an energy game. It's just a matter of where you're placing your energy. So that's your second in the sequence of things that you'll go to from a motivation. And then the third one is the what. The what is actually kind of the results that you deliver. What can people expect from you? Love that. What does Shannon bring to the world? And what you do at the end of the day that people can count on you for, Shannon, is you bring better ways to do things. So you think differently. You look to what problems are there that I can solve. And at the end of the day, what you deliver is other solutions of, well, we could do this better by doing it this way. And my answer to that is damn straight. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's uncanny how that shakes out when people can get their arms around it and they can think about their life when they've had the most juice and they've been the most engaged. That's in essence, the motivator that they've been using. And I would say, and had the most impact. And had the most right? impact. It's like when right. they've had the best results is when they follow this process. It's not exactly the same as unique ability because it's just the motivation part, but it's very much, you know, this is your own almost internal, I don't know if you call it a creative process, but energy process that you have, yeah. you know, how your energy flows in terms of what's important to you, how you take action on it why you do what you do, what the end result is, what people can count on you for. That's really interesting because I think often we're missing that order. We're missing that structure. So this really lays it out beautifully. So talk through yours just for contrast sake. Yeah, so my why is better way. Mm -hmm. As I said, that's the best one. Everybody thinks that theirs is the best one, though they should because that's what's most natural to them. (laughs) But then my how, which actually was interesting over time, I learned this. My how is clarify. And so what I learned is I'm always looking for better ways, but the process that I go through is I have to get clear. What I've found is if I get clear, and clear is people that are seeking to understand. So if I can get clear, I can run really fast and really far. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not, then I can't execute on my better way. And so I'll tend to ask a lot of questions And so people would be like, why do you have to ask so many questions? And I'm like, because I have to get clear. So with Gary, what Gary asked me is the partner in the Y Institute, when he learned that, he'd be, Jerry, sometimes you just run and go really fast. And it frustrates me that other times you don't even move. (laughs) (laughs) And so he's like, what's the difference? What is it? And so he goes, I know what it is now that I know your YOS. You need to be clear. And so what he does, now the language that we use is when we're in the middle of something, he'll just say, Jerry, what do you need to be clear about this so we can get going? And then that stimulates me. What you just described, that's a teamwork strategy right there. And one of the things I really appreciate about the YOS profile is that it gives you those tools and it gives you the language to be able to ask the questions to stimulate that person to frankly be their best, right? It's like, what do you need to do in order to be clear? You know, that's such a great question that he asks you. And then you're like, oh, this, this, and this, right? And then you'll know when someone's prompted you with that question. Right. It's like, Sham, what are you trying to make sense of? Would be another, something that someone could ask me like, oh, well, this is the part of it I haven't been able to wrap my head around. Right. Or whatever. Right. So it's knowing that someone can help you or you can help somebody else, you know, get to the point where they're back in action again, <laughs> not just stuck. Right. That's the language that we knew to try to help each other uh-huh. move forward faster. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So the third piece then, the, the what, again, is the results that you deliver to the world. Mine is to contribute. Hmm. So if at the end of the day, my better way by getting clear 
doesn't make a difference and have an impact and add value to people, then I don't have any energy for it. It doesn't really matter to me. And yours is at the end of the day, you're going to deliver better ways. So we both have better way, but we just, it's in a different sequence. Mm -hmm. Mine starts that way and yours finishes that way. Mm -hmm. In my partnership with Gary, his what is, as I mentioned before, is to simplify things. And so we look at things through a little bit of a different lens. He insists it has to be simple and I insist it has to be impactful. Right. Oh, wow. Well, then the combination of both is it's simple and impactful. That's right. That's what we get by working together. And that's actually why Gary's the founder of it. He started it. He got it running. But as we started working on things, we started seeing how kind of if one plus one could equal 10 or a hundred or a thousand based on our uniqueness and what energy we bring to the organization and each other. Mm -hmm. So powerful. And I'm learning just from some other coaching I've been doing the last week or two. When you can understand someone else's motivation and when those can click, it is phenomenal to see the results of that. They can strive and problem solve, aka Colby, very, very differently. But if the motivations can line up, woo, it's like these divine partnerships that happen. I think really essentially because you get each other at a very deep level right. and you're aligned on those things. It's right. really, I was actually doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on a collaboration and both people had the same internal motivation measured differently yeah but their colby's were diverse yes like opposite one initiated in fact finder one initiated in quick start quick start implementer actually so you know very different but they were so aligned on their what was important to them from a motivation standpoint and this is actually i was actually talking to amy brisky about this president of colby and she goes yeah everything starts with motivation Right. That's what kicked off the whole deal. It's just like everything starts with motivation. And if you're not motivated, yeah. you're not going to strive. Right. You know, Colby is very clear. These are striving instincts in the Colby creative process. Motivation comes first. So being tapped into and knowing this, I feel like you're making sense of motivation because it's often been a little lumpy, a little vague. You know, there's Clifton Strengths, which I love. There's print, there's other ones. But this really pulls it out into a process, which I thoroughly enjoy, as you can tell, and just gives new tools. As a, one of our many previous conversations, I'm using one of the people I work closely with is Clarify, but we're very similar in every other way. Like we both start with challenge, but I make sense and they're clarifying. And it was like, we're twins in so many ways, subtle, but very important difference. And this has given me yes. some new tools to understand how to make our teamwork even better. So I just appreciate it from that standpoint. Mm. So yeah, exciting. that's what's so exciting. That's when I, I said earlier that the kind of the missing piece for me, although those other assessments are really good, mm -hmm. I just couldn't quite get my arms around them to use them, especially in how I communicate with other people. And so when we talked about the three parts of the mind, you're right. It starts with the affective, the science word which I refer to more in the motivation side. Yeah. That's got to come first. Okay. That's Humans are meaning-seeking, emotional creatures. Yes. And that's the first driver. And if we can continue with the motivation, then we can have the resolve to take action the way that we normally take action. Mm -hmm. But what I found was, even if I was living into the way that I take action naturally, for some reason, the motivation piece would get skewed for me. And that's when I would run out of juice. And now, since I've learned this and I combine the YOS and Colby, 
I feel it's such an unfair advantage that I use that as my biggest filter that I've ever had. And so if I'm going to get involved in something, and I would recommend this when everybody else on here learns their YOS, if I'm going to get involved in something, the first thing I ask now is, okay, what are you looking for from me? What do you need? And if like better way isn't anything to do with what they're looking for, then I don't get involved. Especially if I say, okay, is there an opportunity to ask questions about where we're going? Yes or no? That's a filter for me. And at the end of the day, if I feel, is it going to impact the amount of people that I want to impact? If the answer is no, then it's pretty easy for me now to go through that quick sequence and say, okay, I'm in, or this isn't really for me. You're probably better off with somebody else. I love that so much because we all need filters. Mm -hmm. I think the tools we need actually in today's world a little bit, because we're not dealing with as much scarcity. You know, most of us, blessings, you know, have enough food and shelter and those things. We have complexities of abundance. There's so many choices. I want to say too many choices is true when you can't decide, but we have so many choices. We have an abundance. Who do we work with? Which opportunity do we follow? If you're a kid, well, young adults, you know, what career path? Who's my audience? You know, and coach has some fun tools, like who do you want to be a hero to? But, you know, having this language and this way of thinking about things allows you to filter, first of all, two things. One is what's a right fit opportunity for you? (laughs) Also, are you a right fit for them? Correct. I know with my challenge, I was a wrong fit, wrong fit, wrong fit, wrong fit, wrong fit, strategic coach, right fit, God, because I didn't fit anywhere. Right. Until I found, yeah. I'm so grateful, found Babs and Dan, they actually found me too. We found each other. I was what they needed. They were what I needed. Bam, 31 years later. So that's, I think being able to filter from this perspective is really interesting. Yeah. So you're able to think differently in that where you're at. Right. And so there's an energy around that that lasts and it's been continuous for the number of years that you've been there. You've always been able to do that there. But if you started there, but then that got shut down, you might not know why you ran out of juice around the sequence of your YOS. That makes any sense. Yeah, it totally does. And I don't think there's actually that many other people. One of the co-founders has challenged, but not that many other people have challenge. Right. And if I don't have the freedom that I do have. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked out so well, <laughs> put it that way. Yeah, challenged people have to have freedom. Yeah. No doubt about it. If they don't have freedom, it'll be like you put you in a cage, put you in a box, and you have no room to move. And that's not a good place for challenged people. It's actually uncomfortable hearing you say that. I'm like, I'm kidding. <laughs> when I bring that up, most people that are challenged, they literally squirm. Okay. Yeah, they can't live there. Yeah. And to that point, that's how visceral this is. You'll feel it in your body when, you know, when you hit that core motivation, you're like, "Uh uh-huh. Like you were talking about with trust earlier. If someone violates that trust, it goes so deep into their being. Whereas someone else, I'm like, "Mm, you're just gone out of my life next. You know what I mean? But for someone else, they're like affected. So I don't know. I just find that really interesting. I like it because there's little physical checks and balances for me. And this nailed it, which I found really fascinating. I'm glad you brought that up because when we originally started and we would do the why by asking questions, the way that we would know it was right is by the answer of people and literally their physical presence around it of when I'd say, does that feel right to you? 
if they said, yeah, that's about right, I knew that we didn't have it right. Because it until it was like, oh, heck yes, or absolutely, or wow, they literally feel it from the inside out. That's where this should feel like to people. Ooh, inside out. Yeah, it's a need, a motivational need. Yes. Right? Yes. It's a need that you, oh, I love that. Oh, so cool. As usual, you and I could talk all the time <laughs> about all things. So I want you to share with me what we were chatting about earlier. You just had a, a new insight, kind of actually about the energy we've been talking about. You had a team meeting, was it yesterday? Yesterday. yesterday where you kind of went over, and I love how what you said about you love using YOS and Colby, because Colby measures a completely different part of the mind. This is how you strive, how you problem solve. And knowing the two together, First of all, unfair advantage, yes. Who does not want one of those? But talk about the impact of talking all this through with your team and the insights that they had. Yeah, what they found was they said that understanding themselves and understanding each other from a motivation standpoint just gave them so much more energy. So then when we went to the Colby side, then there's energy also, but it's energy on the action piece, Yeah. right? So there's energy on the motivation piece that, Will it last or not? What I'm finding more and more that this is very predictable Mm -hmm. to be able to look at this YOS and Colby. And then if there's other things around their ability, right? The cognition from the skills or knowledge, their ability to reason, things like that. When we get all those things aligned, then I'm finding that people can run faster and run farther. They don't ever really run out of energy. Everything that they're doing is like the fuel pump is connected to them. So as they're doing it, they're always full. So they could do it for so much longer. And so when I study peak performance like crazy, and what I appreciate the most is sustainable peak performance, like the Hall of Famers. It's not a flash in the pan. Yeah, I could do it for a quick period of time. The Hall of Famers sustain for decades. Yeah. And I believe that we can do the same thing in everything that we're doing if we know what the energy filters are. Mm around motivation, ability, and action. Oh. Or maybe I should say motivation, action, and ability because that's the sequence of the three parts of mind. So what they started seeing about each other is, oh, no wonder. When I'm out of alignment on my YOS, I get tired. Right. Or I can do it for a period of time, but it's not sustainable and I can't do it at the highest level. And so in today's world, I believe that especially with technology and all the things that are coming, we need to perform at a higher level for a longer period of time. And so I've been searching for these tools that do that. And I'm finding that, I mean, I've known the Colby and it was immensely valuable. But when I added the YOS over almost nine years ago, Shannon, I very, very seldom don't have juice for what I'm doing anymore because I use the filters so much. And I know it's pretty quick and instantaneous when I'm getting out of the lane of my YOS and my Colby, I can see it now. And so to me, it's an energy. It's an energy game of how fast can I go and for how far? (laughs) I love it. It is an energy game. And what came to mind as you were talking, first of all, I do feel like you found the secret sauce. So love that. For me, it's about like the conversation so much is about engagement, employee engagement, right? And given the shortage of jobs, no, shortage of people out there to fill the available jobs, which is like, where did everyone go, is my recent question. But I think the fact that this is even a conversation 
if I'm thinking as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's hiring people, and I can say, hey, we are going to do the deep dive on you. We're going to do your Colby. We're going to do your YOS. We're going to help you figure out your motivation. And we're going to help structure things. So you will, you're not stuck doing the what you feel to be unfun, crappy, de-energizing activities. I'm sorry. You have right. completely differentiated yourself. I'm all about talent marketing right now. Yeah. Part of that, though, is who you are. And if you care about people's unique abilities, to use strategic coach terminology, you care about what motivates them. And you care that the position matches with how they naturally strive. And you try and arrange things that way for them. And that's very doable, but you have to have the lenses to see through. You have to have those filters. And I think for you know, people, if, if they're looking for new roles or looking for new opportunities, you don't want to set yourself up for something that will de-energize you. I mean, as you're talking, and we've been talking about YOS for months and months and months now, right. but I'm like, I've just got about five new people I want to have do the profile. <laughs> just saying, and that's like someone I talked to yesterday who's a spouse of a client. I want my 18-year-old to do it. I want my 22-year-old to do it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I want everyone to do it because I want to know what their process is because it will explain where things work. It will also explain the rub and why people are motivated. I can tell you right now, what motivates my husband and what motivates my youngest daughter are completely different. Right. I'm trying to work that one out. And if they could just have tools and ways to explain it, to each other or see it, it would be so transformational, I hope. So I'll keep you That's exactly what three people said yesterday when we were talking about energy. They're like, oh my God, I need this for my brother and my mom. And just that they're seeing things through a different lens now of things that could make sense for them. It's so much fun. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. All right, so as I mentioned earlier, you're making available a very special and time-limited offer. So- Get off your rear ends and do it. Because anyway, do you want to share what that is? There's actually two parts to it. So there's the initial, if you are dying to know what your YOS is, which I hope you are, you've got something. And then if you want to do a deeper dive, there's another opportunity. So Jerry, can you share what you've so generously made available, which I'm thrilled about? Sure. Thanks for having us on. And for your audience, what we're making available is a Y discovery, the first part of it. And so you can go to yinstitute.com slash Jerry. And there's a promo code, Jerry. And you can take the Y, the first part of it, for free. Yeah. And and that's J-E-R-R-Y. J-E-R-R-Y. Correct. Thank you. That'll expire seven days after this podcast airs. So please do it as soon as you listen to this. What we're also doing, though, is the value that we've learned from the sequence. It really matters of the how and the what to go with the why to take it, you know, three dimensions instead of one dimension is we're offering, you could go online and do that for $97, but for your group, if they take the Y for free, then they can upgrade to the YOS for $50 instead of $97. Wow. Oh my gosh. So, 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 so worth it. So basically you would get the full YOS for almost half price, which is right. pretty epic. Yes. I've got a bunch of people. I need the code right now, just so you know. <laughs> so that I can know because there are people I need to do it right now. So this is a big deal. So I'm excited. And again, it's been simplified. So it's really bottom line. It's super clear. It's super fast to get it. I really appreciate your explanations of the nine. I'm sure people are going to want to go back and re-listen to that again because you've got added extra detail. So you just get it immediately. and You're like, aha, this is my process. And then what I really like, I'm a Dan Sullivan thing, is you can use this as a filter if you look backwards in your life. Yes, absolutely. Right. 
And you go, oh yeah, that's where I challenged. That's where I made sense. This is the better way. Like I can look at the creation of the Team Plus programs. I can look at how I work with the leadership team at Strategic Coach. I can look at everything. I'm like, yep, check, 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 check. Like it's such a fun filter to go, yeah, that would be me. (laughs) It's so validating. But it also, as you've been pointing out, gives you enormous direction for how to filter in the right opportunities and filter out the wrong ones. You'll always be 100% a lot. <laughs> I don't want to get anyone in perfection here, but always, you know, energetically motivated. So that's incredibly powerful. Like what an amazing yep. gift to have for 50 bucks. When I'm working with teams, that's what I give them as the homework. I say, okay, what I want you to do is go out and think about situationally in your life when you were the most energized and connect the dots, whether you were operating in the sequence of your YOS. And it's almost always they say yes. And then on the other side of it, when you were the most out of gas, burnt out, whatever it might be, when you crashed, how far out of that lane were you? And what are those indicators? And that's actually how I figured out my own filters. That's why I got so involved in this because I was like, this has told the story of my life of when I was the most impactful and when I wasn't. It was always in that sequence. Well, and we also learn a lot from, I don't want to say the negative, but you know, you learn a lot from when things are really, really working well. And you also learn a lot from when, as you said, you're out of gas. And that's incredibly illustrative. And we don't forget those. Right. Our brains are tuned to danger. (laughs) So we really don't want to go back there and we remember those lessons. And then you've given, you know, tools and language around how to take that into the future. Awesome. Now, I know some of someone listening, this could be you, actually do want to do a deeper dive. So if someone wants to learn more, Who do they connect with? Yeah, connect with Kelly. It's K-E-L-L-E-Y at elevation180.com. If you connect with Kelly, we could talk about, I mean, some people when when we're talking about this say, I want to learn how to do that, kind of like what I did. Uh And so we can talk about that or deeper dive, whatever you need. But the first resource is Kelly. Awesome. And we can help you. So Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y at elevation180.com. Perfect. And you train coaches, you certify coaches on how they can then do this with others. So if this is a capability that you are super excited about, then that's definitely what to check out as well. People can also go to the whyinstitute.com and it's forward slash Jerry. Is that right? For the offer. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Yes. Oh my gosh, Gary, as always, a fabulous, illuminating and stimulating conversation. I always leave talking with you with new pathways to go down. And I love that. For me, it's like, oh, cool. Now this direction. So I love the fact that you and I are able to connect on so many different things. You know, very motivated to serve the same audience, which I deeply appreciate. And you help things make sense. (laughs) (laughs) thank you you know we always get on calls and then all of a sudden it's like oh it's an hour I don't know how it goes by so fast but I feel the same way I get more out of it by talking to you than virtually anybody that I talk to and so I do think we're kind of kindred spirits about what we're all about where we're going and impacting people and you know especially entrepreneurs and team leaders and teams is our focus and anything we can do to help impact self-awareness to increase what I call psychological freedom and peak performance results, then that's what I'm all about. That's where I'm spending the rest of my life. So it's a joy to have the conversations with you, Shannon. So thanks. And thanks for everything that you do for for all your clients and everybody else. Well, it's really impactful. Well, thank you so much, Jerry. And yeah, and expanding freedom is 
what coach is all about. So we're very, very aligned. And in terms of psychological freedom, if we can create even a little opening for some people, that's a massive gift. So thank you for what you are up to, too. I really appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, Shannon. Take care. Mm -hmm.